0: With presidential campaigning for 2024 in full swing, many have their eyes on the Commonwealth of Virginia's governor, Glenn Youngkin. Is it time for him to throw his hat in the ring? Is this the answer to the GOP since Donald Trump's been indicted? And what role will education play in this upcoming presidential election? It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Stay tuned as we talk about what's happening in the Commonwealth this week. Welcome back. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We're so happy that you join us every single Sunday as we broadcast live from the campus of the Norfolk State University, from none other than WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA, for Say of the Water, where we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. As always, we couldn't do what we do without you, our supporters, supporting us every step of the way. And again, to the Spartan Nation, the greatest alumni, faculty, staff, administrators, and those that love the Spartan Nation, thank you for all that you do to support this institution, stay the water, WSB, and the Center for African American Public Policy. And we have with us always our producer Marvin Folks, also known as DJ Scandalous, which you can hear every Monday through Friday from two to six p.m. and on Saturday and yes, Sunday, the hardest working man in radio. Well. This we've been doing our series for those of you that listen to us, you know, we break down our shows by various series and this series we're looking at what's happening in the Commonwealth this week. And there's a lot going on in the Commonwealth. <laughs> those of you that know I love this this phenomenal state. It is of course the most historical state, I believe, has the, some of the greatest geography, landscapes, history, uh, greatest people, great place for the military, and not only that, but also some great food. Now, of course, I believe the greatest food is in the state of Louisiana, my home state, but I love the food here in the Commonwealth as well. It's truly a melting pot, but there's also another great distinction for the Commonwealth of Virginia. And that's, that is, it's the state that has the most presidents from it. You know, whether it be uh, one of the greatest presidents as it relates to writing the Declaration of Independence, the well, actually writing the uh, Bill of Rights and so forth, and Thomas Jefferson are uh, one of the great architects of our uh, country. Or, you know, or whomever you may deem to be the best president at this point in juncture in our history. But one thing that we do know is that we may have another viable candidate for that office, which we could say hails from the Commonwealth of Virginia. And I'm talking about none other than our current governor, Glenn Youngkin. Now, according to USA Today, big donors leave DeSantis and want Glenn Youngkin to run in 2024. Now this, uh, now they're looking at again, according to reports and USA Today, As Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign stumbles, high-powered GOP figures are turning their attention to another well-known governor, Glenn Youngkin of Virginia. USA Today goes on to report that Youngkin's approval rating just hit an all-time high, according to a recent poll in which 57% of Virginia voters said that they approved of the governor's job performance. Now, the same survey, according to USA Today, Found that Governor DeSantis popularity had slipped between the start of the year and this summer with his approval rating dropping four points among Florida Republicans and two points among all voters in the state of Florida. But this also has another major swing to it. And what is that? The favorability, along with Youngkin's record breaking fundraising efforts, have up speculation about a 2024 presidential campaign. Yes, some party leaders are increasingly hopeful. Now, they also note that uh, Youngkin, whose entry into politics was his gubernatorial win in 2021, which we know about very well. We talked about a lot here on the show uh, during that time where uh, he was running against a former governor, uh, uh, McCullough here in the Commonwealth, and ended up winning on on an issue that we're going to talk about in the second half of the show, of, of education. Education and the role that parents play in it. Now, we know that for some, there's been an assault on education, higher education, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, teaching, all of history. But it is an issue that's here to stay and is going to continue to drive voters to the polls. Now, of course, the governor, he said he's honored by the attention, but his current focus, of course, is Virginia and the state's elections this November, and he quote, it's really humbling when people talk about 2024 and a national role for me, and I thank them, and I reiterate that I've got a big job to do here in the Commonwealth. I want to break down a little bit of this, and we're going to take a look at this USA Today article where it take, looks at Yunkin has his support from Trump's cabinet. We're going to look at how uh, various donors are ditching DeSantis, looking at Yunkin and uh, how other wealthy donors are looking at him and the implications of the indictment of president, former President Trump on this election. Now, we know that Governor Glenn Youngkin, first entered politics here during the gubern- gubernatorial race, came in as someone who wasn't well known, but he came in as a fresh face, someone who was a successful businessman, of course, uh, from this area, Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia, here in the Hampton Roads area. And he's someone that kind of put a new look on the face of the of the GOP, of the Republican Party, in light of the very high level of popularity with current, well, former President Donald Trump at that time as he was serving as current president. And it was one issue that really turned this election, and that was education. And he jumped on it, ran with it, and created a platform around it that I think it would definitely work for him by the numbers and the polls and he wrote it right into the gubernatorial matchup. But also, it may be an issue that works for him in this particular race. But I want to, we're going to talk about that in the second half. But let's take a look at Ron DeSantis. Governor DeSantis did the same thing as it relates to education, but he took a different turn. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I thought the launch of Ron DeSantis' campaign was just atrocious. And many people do Um, how it just it was a big fumble uh, with the new owner of uh, of Twitter, Elon Musk. And it was just a conversation seemed like between two guys fumbling over who 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 can control the remote control to turn the TV on. Uh, So it was it was it wasn't a good rollout. And it simply has dropped from there. Uh, Many persons are running away from him. Many persons are saying we can't this isn't can't be our guy. This can't be our candidate. And not only that, but polls are showing that they do not want a candidate that is going to fight a cultural war. Now, when we talk about culture wars, let's take a look at Ron DeSantis' take on education. And we'll look at, um, uh, of course, Glenn Young's take and his approach to education. Now, Ron DeSantis went full head speed uh, and ass- uh, assault on diversity, equity, and inclusion, to the point where they created <laughs> a curriculum uh where now they're teaching in African American history where slaves actually learn some good skills that can help them as they get employed. Now of course this is something that received a huge backlash, it's something that's absolutely terrible, uh, because at the same time, you know, former uh enslaved Africans had lived on the continent of Africa for thousands of years, uh Creating and building empires, uh, cultivating crops, and building sophisticated civilizations without slavery. So, you know, it it was a huge backlash. So that was a fumble. But even before that, there was an assault against higher education, institutional higher education, where funding for various uh, programs were going to be cut if they taught. Diversity, equity, inclusion, or sponsored any programs around diversity, equity, inclusion. There was a big uh, alarm sounder amongst Divine Nine fraternities and sororities about their activities in Florida and if that would actually uh, set off this provision uh, to defund higher education at schools because of their activities. So, again, that was another big fumble. But so it was fumble after fumble. And of course, his campaign has been sinking like a rock ever since then. And I don't think it will resurrect itself, even though he's trying to do so. So with that, many people are turning from Ron DeSantis and looking at Glenn Young. And as a matter of fact, according to USA Today, Rupert Murdoch and his media empire. Of course, we know Rupert Murdoch is the owner of Fox News, and uh, he's hoping for Young and Ron according to the New York Times report this past Monday, last week Monday, according to the USA Today. Now it says that the owner of Fox News, he also owns the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post. He seemed to have once supported DeSantis, according to USA Today as the nominee in twenty twenty four. However, that relationship looks to have soured and Murdoch's outlets have become increasingly critical of the Florida governor late. Now, we all know that Trump, who fell out of Murdoch's favor after 2020 and his campaign, boasted after about the recent events of the turn of events. So it says, quote, in no certain terms, Rupert Murdoch made clear that Ron DeSantis is his golden boy no longer, the Trump team wrote in a press release. And speaking of uh, additional donors, according to USA Today, wealthy uh, ex-DeSantis donor, billionaire businessman, Tom uh, Petrify, has put his wealth and verbal support behind Yonkin, calling him, quote, an ideal candidate, unquote, for the GOP. According to Petterfee, he says, I very much hope that he's going to enter the race. People I speak to are favorably inclined towards him. And uh, if he entered, he thinks that there would be tremendous enthusiasm, enthusiasm around him. Also, he added that he does not believe any other Republican candidates, including former President Donald Trump, will be able to win the general election. Quote, they are, I think, much too extreme. And uh, once a major funder of DeSantis' campaign, he's halted his contributions all the way back in April over issues with the Florida governor's stances on abortion and also book banning. So you see now that not only are media moguls, These multi-billion dollar uh, businessmen and are backing away from DeSantis. But they're looking at uh, Glenn Youngkin, our current governor, to throw his hat in the race. But not only that, but according to USA Today, uh, Youngkin also has support from guess who? Trump's cabinet. Wilbur Ross, the former Commerce Secretary to Trump. He's going to host top donors and party leaders at his Hamptons mansion. On, on, well, he hosted it this past Friday uh, for a chance to listen to Yunkin talk about how he's going to take over the Virginia legislature. Now, of course, that's a that's another. We had that discussion in, on State Award a couple of weeks ago. But while explicitly not a fundraiser, the event gives key party figures the opportunity to meet the governor and potentially boost Yunkin's national profile. So the Hamptons are... Not Hampton, Virginia, but the Hamptons uh, Upstate New York, where, of course, uh, while uh, Yunkin is being hosted by this uh, former Commerce Secretary, Wilbur Ross, there's also an African American Film Festival that's taking place as well. So for those of uh, you who have an opportunity to go there and or went there and uh, listen to our uh, talk back to certain uh, films and, and so forth, there's a lot that's happening. That's all based in Virginia. Is all about the Commonwealth of Virginia. So if that's the case, as a matter of fact, NBC News reported that, um, you know, Thomas Pettifree, he not just said he's going to back, he backed away from DeSantis, but he put his money where his mouth was. As a matter of fact, NBC News reported that $1 million was wired Wired to Glenn Youngkin's PAC by billionaire Republican mega donor Thomas Petterfree called Spirit of Virginia. Now, this is his second million dollar donation to the PAC supporting the governor's political goals. So, again, he is lying behind our current governor. As a matter of fact, uh, Youngkin's PAC has been on a fundraising streak lately with Virginia governor raising money around the country, visiting Colorado. Texas, Florida, uh, for receptions with these various wealthy donors. As a matter of fact, uh, Virginia, well, let's take a look. Uh, his PAC is now raked in $9.5 million since the beginning of the year. and has $7.5 million on hand already. Virginia's state House Speaker Todd Gilbert, who has served in the General Assembly for 17 years, told NBC News that state Republicans have haven't always had strong fundraising numbers from outside Virginia, but with Youngkin, it is different. Quote, we, we have always struggled to keep up with what the other side seems to do in a year, and year in and year out, which is bringing in all out-of-state out money for millionaires and billionaires who have nothing to do with Virginia, but we want to change our way of life here. We could not do it without his efforts, meaning uh, the current governor, Glenn Youngkin, period. Quote, Virginia is showing what can be accomplished when you're focused on common sense results. This is from Dave Rexrode, senior advisor to Youngkin, in which he told NBC News. It stayed the water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric LaVille. And with the nomination for the GOP for the presidential election of 2024 in full swing, all eyes are on the Commonwealth of Virginia once again. And it's for none other than our current governor, Glenn Youngkin. Many mega donors, many from Trump's cabinet, many um, influential persons are pulling away from the second place candidate in Florida governor, DeSantis. And they're looking in, they're keying on the current governor here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. So let's talk about the mm, elephant in the room. Trump, who is the leading candidate, and his current indictment. Now, with this being the case, you know, we have uh, Trump, who is, of course, we know, been indicted on four federal charges of corruption and obstruction uh, as it relates to trying to overturn the election of 2020. Uh, with that being the case, the question becomes, you know, what uh, what will happen? Now, we know we're talking about Glenn Youngkin. Uh, DeSantis is sinking like a rock, so he's pretty much not, he's going to become a non-factor if things don't turn, but stranger things have happened. But we also have other candidates who were not polling very high, around 4%, including uh, Tim Scott, black Republican senator uh, in the Senate, U.S. Senate out of South Carolina, and also the former vice president, Mike Pence, who's been in Congress, of course, or as vice president, only polling around 4 or 5%. With that being the case, still, after three indictments and a fourth one pending in Georgia, former President Donald Trump is currently in the lead, solidly in the lead for the GOP nomination. Matter of fact, he is in the national polls. He is in a dead heat, a dead tie with current President Joe Biden. If the election was held today, the question becomes not if Donald Trump, uh, if he can win or not, but the question would become whether the Democrats can get enough their voters out in order to stop him from winning based upon the strong support that he has right now with his own party and also across the board uh, in a general election. So the only thing that we see, according to many legal experts, uh, that would stop uh, Trump from getting the nomination is if he He is convicted. Uh, in this particular case, the one in D.C. where he was indicted last just last week uh, and arraigned. That is the serious one. That is the one where, you know, he could get real time. And this is the one that could stop him. You I mean, some people are very uh, uh, they have a lot of uh, apathy toward this because they say, hey, mm, he's gotten away with two impeachments. He's gotten away with the J6 hearing. He's gotten away with the Mueller investigation. He's gotten away with a lot. But will this be the one to get him or the one in Georgia to stop him when he had efforts to overturn the 2020 election? We'll see. But one thing we do know is that the current governor of Virginia, if he gets into the race, he would definitely be the second in second place, solidly in second place. And, of course, gaining steam as it relates to getting the nomination itself. Now, of course, former President Trump is, he ran on um, basically making America great again. And there's a faction of America, faction of voters in the Republican Party that believe that America needs to be made great again. However, polls have shown and voters have shown that there's a large amount of, of individuals in our country that believe that America is already great. And it doesn't need to be made great again, but we need to continue moving in a positive direction in order for it to continue to be great. So with that message ceasing to resonate across the board, the next message of the GOP is that we have a culture war that we have. And we need to do everything we can to stop uh, everything that we see that's happening from a moral standpoint, according to some in that party. But the majority of voters, including a lot in the GOP, are saying this is not the fight that we want to fight. This is America. You can believe what you want as long as you don't hurt anyone else. You can do what you want. You can say what you want as long as you don't hurt anyone else. And you can live your life the way you want as long as you respect everyone else. So therefore, this is not the fight that they want to fight. So what fight is it? What fight can the GOP campaign on in order to get people to the polls in order to get individuals excited about putting another Republican in the white house, excited about the key agendas that this president and this party will have for our country for the next four to five years. What is that message? What is that message that's going to get people to the polls? Well, According to uh, Deseret News, what role they talk about and address what role would parents' rights play in a 2024 presidential election? Now, I've mentioned, and we've talked about it on this show, how education is at the forefront. As a matter of fact, before this, uh, uh, in the first half of the show, we compared and contrasted how current Governor Ron DeSantis, and current Governor Glenn Yuckin are both dealing with education and this, these issues as a focal point to galvanize voters to the polls and to galvanize their issues and how one has been successful and the other pretty much has, has not. And how, how this would actually play in the larger fray of the election. So what is it? How will this actually become a major issue? Well, before, during the gubernatorial election, I was adamant, and I stated on this show and also in conversations uh, with candidates and conversations within in other pundits, I said, the education issue is going to be an issue that's going to play here in Virginia, and it's going to be a national issue. The GOP are going to take that, they're going to package it, and make it one that they can win on. And lo and behold, It is an issue that they have looked at. There's a group of voters, a pocket of voters, of parents. Now, say what you want, but education is the key. Education is the key of how you reach communities, how you reach neighborhoods, how you reach families, how you reach individuals. It is the key. Because education affects all of us. As a matter of fact, according to the article, in June, Republican presidential contenders, both Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, as well as Lone Shots, Nikki Haley and uh, Vivek, all attended the Moms for Liberty Summit in Philadelphia. Now, that's a move that suggests, according to the article, the issue of parents' rights could play a central role in the primaries, if not, the 2024 general election. Now, what's this group, Moms for Liberty? Moms for Liberty promotes more parental involvement, according to an article in Public Education. For Trump and other GOP candidates, seeing these votes draws from the playbook of none other than our governor, Virginia's governor, Glenn Youngkin. How he said Youngkin warned the gubernatorial race in 2021 on the parents' rights platform. Now, Many of you saw the debate, many of you saw the highlight. One soundbite from former Governor McAuliffe and one soundbite from now Governor Glenn Youngkin, how it was capitalized upon and ran with, and he ran it straight into the the governor's mansion. One soundbite. After that soundbite, a platform was created the red vests, right? <laughs> the red vest voters, the the the, the picnics, uh, the talk around the campfires, I mean the knocking on the doors or walking in neighborhoods. It was parents for young. Education became a major issue. School board meetings. School board meetings were packed. They were absolutely packed. Now, I'll be very honest with you. I'm a uh, public acts TV, access TV watcher. I'm a C-SPAN TV watcher. C-SPAN 1, 2, and 3. I love the book review. I love Poetry and Pose. I love all that. I love the lectures and the conferences that they have that you can play back and watch live. I'm plugged into that. I am a public policy law junkie. That's what I do. But let me tell you, there is nobody that really attends school board meetings. But school board meetings were packed, standing room only. Built around this issue, issue of education, issue of parental rights in education, issue of how parents or should parents or what role should parents play in a children's education. So according to the article, political analysts disagree on how much parents' rights will figure into the upcoming elections. But across the board, though, they agree that Republicans own the issue and that Democrats, to their own detriment, have dropped the ball On this topic That That statement Is illustrated no better Than the Debate that I'm speaking of In which This ball was dropped by the former governor And it was picked up Like a fumble A fumble at the goal line Sorry Cleveland Brown fans Yes, Ernest Biner, fumble on the goal line You know, Bernie Kosar You guys could have won, you guys could have won but you fumble, it was scooped up, and Yunkin, he took it in, right? Same thing. Yunkin scooped up the ball and took it to the other side. Now, it says, recently, according to John Valant, the Brookings Institution Senior Fellow in Government Studies and Director of the Brown Center on Educational Policy, he said, recently, we've seen a one-sided discussion when it comes to schools and education and politics. Republicans have been very eager to engage on these culture war issues, and Democrats have been fairly reluctant to respond. Now, regardless of how the Democrats approach parental rights in 2024, they believe that Republican ownership of the issue represents a historic shift. In the past, education was a winning platform for Democrats. But ironically, some of the policies Democrats championed it actually helped to pave the way for the rise of parental rights as an issue that could peel away some voters historically aligned with the party. As a matter of fact, Democrats could yet correct for their silence during 2024 by honing in on the issue of book challenges, often referred to as book bans, but something of some of, of a majority of public opposes. And this is according to Michael um, Petrilli, president of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute on Education Policy Think Tank. He was also co-author of a book of How to Educate Americans, the conservative vision for tomorrow's schools. So I want to kind of key in on how this was an issue that Democrats own, as opposed to Republicans. School segregation before May 1954 School segregation was constitutional, thereby legal. Once the Brown versus Board of Education were decided, the pendulum of legal change swung to another extreme, and segregation in schools became unconstitutional, thereby became illegal. From that point on, from 1954, even before that time, if we start to talk about segregation and Jim Crow and the fight of it, uh, of course, Oliver Hill and Thurgood Marshall and others, uh, the... The, the heads of the uh, fight to desegregate America, if we look at it from the pre-1950s, 1954, all the way up to 2021 here in Virginia, we see Democrats on that issue. However, in 2024, if this holds, Republicans may have captured the education issue and ride it all the way to the White House and other elections. But we'll wait and see. As always, listen, I love when you join us. I love when you engage us because here on Stay the Water, we bring nothing but movers, shakers, and policy makers to you as we discuss important issues to the community. Join us every week and continue to support us. As always, God bless, be great, and we'll see you next week.